He's coming around. I'm excited. You guys don't know what it's like preaching to a camera. It, it's rough. <laughs> Especially for me. If you can't tell, I'm, I'm very much a jokey person. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to talk to people. I want to come over and be like, how are you doing today? <laughs> when I'm on that camera, I'm just looking at a reflection of myself. <laughs> okay. I am so blessed to be here with you guys today and that you're here with me. Is my pic- Can you put the picture up there for me? That first one? The first one. <laughs> so, this is a kind of art that is, uh, it's a form of cross-stitch that is tapestry, and it uses lots of threads. And those threads are interweaved with each other to make a beautiful image. We look at the little boy right here, Isn't that incredible? Isn't that image just beautiful? Like, it is like straight up like crowns. I don't even know how they did that with with like this this stuff. But when you flip the image over, all of a sudden you see that the image is obscured. You see that they crisscross, it it intermingles, it it weaves weird ways. Some of the threads go the same way. But ultimately, if those didn't crisscross, if they didn't intermesh, if they didn't knock together, then the image wouldn't have the definition that it has there. Going to go to the next image. This is another one. Look how real that looks. I was like, when I was looking these up, I was like, this is crazy. Technology. Okay, next one. But then that's what it looks like on the other side. Can you even see the same image? No. And sometimes we're like a thread. We each have our own character. We have our own color. We have our own definition. We have our own ways. And they're very good. They have a use. They have a place. But it's just a thread. And just like this, A thread won't make this image. One single thread will not make this image. But the thing is, is when many threads come together, that's when a beautiful, surreal image happens. That's when we start to see beauty come forth. Things that we didn't believe were even possible. See, it's it's really easy for us to look and say, well, we get along with the people we get along with, But those, just like these threads, there's some directions where it's moving in the same direction. And it looks the same. And it's beautiful. But in reality, what we see here is a thing that defines our judgment of what it looks like from this side is the ways that it goes against the things that are the same. And in that same way, our walk with God is a beautiful tapestry. Our family here is a beautiful tapestry, but we don't want to be the same. We want to be welcoming to everyone. We want and we need difference because the truth is, is that our different parts, even though they don't, they'll crisscross, they'll nod up, they'll disagree, they'll be a mess. The truth is, can you go back to the other image that was right before this one? The truth is, is the image isn't what the way we see it to the world. 
It's this. See, we see the mess, but the truth is it's the world sees illumination of God. Hallelujah. See, just like that single thread, I think that we we can we we can find ourselves so quickly with the gospel and with the thing that talks about the church. How many of us have heard the church is us, the people in this room, not the building? Oh yeah, I think that that's a common idea. I think us as threads sometimes can be an audience. But the truth is, is that this building and this service is so beautiful right now because we're getting to be together again. There is beauty in coming together corporately for God. But there's even more beauty. The full manifestation is when we meet together, but we act like the church. We're imperfect like the church. We are loving and pulling more people in like the church, and we're living like the hands and feet. Amen? So, I'm going to make it real uncomfortable. You guys are going to get used to it being uncomfortable when uh, I preach live. This is the part I missed. It's testimony time. For me, I believe that you don't got a real service that is, like, in person, and you don't at least got one testimony. So, who's going to give the testimony? Ooh, did anybody know that I was going to do that? No? All right. So know that if somebody doesn't come forward, I'm just going to choose somebody. <laughs> and it can't be Jonathan. Because <laughs> we know that Jonathan will preach other sermons. <laughs> Anybody want to give a testimony? Yeah. Woo-woo. Welcome our sister up here. Thank you so much. Yeah. Anybody else? We're going to get one more. I just want one more. Come on. All right. Come on, brother. Well, come on, brother. Uh, I'd like to give honor to God. Um, I'm going to tell a small story. Um, at the beginning of this year, my family, all of us are uh, Christian, all of us are saved. Um, I, um, we had a, a premonition, I, I don't really want to use a premonition as a word. Um, the Lord just told us that we needed to fast and pray for our family because we were about to be attacked. This was just before the uh, coronavirus kicked in. So about a month before that, we, um, we started fasting and praying as a family. We never did it before. And um, as we started doing that, our family did get attacked. We had like 14 in my family um, had the coronavirus. And um, out of that 14, three of them didn't make it. But however, we were armed and ready. And when it did hit, most of my family did survive it. However, uh, my mom did not. But um, the Lord took her home. She was ready to go. And um, when she did leave, she left a legacy with us. And um, we're now building on that legacy because we know that's what the Lord wants us to do. Because we're all going to go visit and I 
<laughs> be with the Lord at some point in time, and uh, we just must be ready and do the best we can while we're here on this earth, and um, just love each other, because he says, um, love people all the time, because that's what he showed us when he came down here. I know it's hard to do. <laughs> there are some people that make it real hard. But uh, we just have to keep that in mind, even if we run into someone that's a little difficult. So we were, we were armed and ready. Because uh, fair, um, fasting and praying is the way to go. Amen. Hey, brother, what's your name? Lee. It's wonderful to meet you, Lee. All right. I'm trying to remember everybody's name. I didn't get the chance to meet a lot of you guys. I get, this is beautiful to me too because I get to meet you guys, look you in the eyes, and be like, you know, you guys are some nice looking people. Except my reflection. <laughs> I got used to that one. Anyway, so looking at this testimony, look at two testimonies right here. It, we are a tapestry that's so different from fasting and praying and God bringing through hard time, like still prepared and ready to participate with God, talking about the blessing of God and just even how God's faithfulness in both those stories is a line through. It's the image that is being testified of, right? We see the testimony that we serve a good God, even though it's hard, even though it might come with different things. Even though, I promise you, if we put even me, him, and her together in the same room, we're going to find something, if we went through everything we believe, that we disagree upon. That's going to happen. But the beauty of it is, when we get together, we also see a picture of the togetherness, the unity, where we unify, will illuminate God. That love will testify of God. So when we look at kind of where we've come from so far in this series, we've come from a place that says we have one father. This father is the father of all, which means y'all my brothers and sisters. Yep, that's beautiful. And that's what we want even for us to stand for, right? Is a family that's accepting, loving, holding people. And we look at last week, can you go ahead and throw up the... Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. We see that last week we said, let's walk worthy. Let's walk in a way that honors God. But even looking at the place of where that centers around, it centers around what we unify around, not what separates us, not what we got to stand for. It says unify and then behave. And we have to learn, even through that lesson, is, is that we get to enter in with love and walk out with behavior. In that same way, when was the Ten Commandments given to the, the Israelites, the Jews? Was it after they were saved? Already in the desert? Or was it 
when they were like still slaves and didn't even know God. It was they were directed, they were saved, they were encouraged, they were brought through, and then in that place the behaviors were brought. In that same way, we have to find where we unify, and then we can learn how to behave with each other. We can learn how to walk it out. Now, I'm not saying there's no such thing as holiness. You hear in this message, that's exactly where I'm going. So, go ahead and go to the next slide. See, we, we know that unity honors God, right? It's a common message. But other than just it honors God, God tells us to do it, why do we do it? Well, see, in this, it says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is, oh, this is uh, the wrong verse. Oh, maybe not. He went, He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens and the earth. I'm the one who messed up that one. That's okay. My bad, y'all. So, I'm just going to read it again. <laughs> I'll piece it together. I actually put too much on there. I guess I am stumbling in front of the new people. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So, what is it that he gives? First of all, as he's giving us grace, right? But then when you keep going, he's pouring out grace through Christ. But what he's doing, it says that he ascended on high, he took many captives, and he gave gifts to his people. But he who descends is the very one who ascended, right? It's a very, like, a roundabout thing, but in order to fill the whole universe. If you go Amplified, which is my jam, it actually then breaks out and says, he ascended and he, he brought the captives to freedom. And then he descended to release his people. So what's interesting is if you start breaking down some of the words, it becomes really clear that even the reason of unity is that God pours out grace to set people free, right? Will we all agree with that in the gospel? He pours out grace to set people free. But he goes on to say that we facilitate the work of saving us from what holds us by raising us up. And he gives us gifts. He gives us a gift to set us free. But what are these gifts? Come on, next verse. I'm hoping to catch back up. I stumbled a little bit, but, you know, I'll try to run them. Okay. So, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. So, what we see is, is that the gifts that we think automatically what this gift is, we go to the gifts of the Spirit, right? And we think of grace, and we think of the gospel. But the thing that God actually is saying through Ephesians here is, He gave us those things, but He gave us also people. He gave us people to be gifts to us. He gave us these things that we can't do for ourselves. He gave us a manifestation to bring us closer to Him, to challenge us, to change us. See, when you talk about, I'm not going to go into a deep, long thing about the offices, 
which I have a whole thing I love. I love the offices. But this in most basic idea, have any of you guys ever met somebody who can't help but tell everybody about Jesus? Go out there, they got hyped it, they're always, they're always on the go, you can't get them to stay still. That's the evangelist. Now try and get that same person in a room with a teacher. And that teacher is just trying to get there and get to the depth of what this lesson is. Right? And then we get the apostle who's trying to build a structure and trying to build a foundation to push a continuing movement forward. Then we get somebody who wants to be holy to God and is just trying to speak the word of God. This active word. Right? And then there's, a, there's the other guy who's he's like pouring out that father's love. And just wants to love on people. Do you think those people would get along? The truth is they won't. The truth is, is that if we were to honor each of those hearts, guess what? Sooner or later we're going to end up in conflict. And that's beautiful. Because the truth is, you get somebody who's really a teacher-teacher, right? Like my brother Jonathan over there. He wants to know the information. But then you look at the brother who's right next to him. He can't help but love on people. Guess what's going to happen? They're, if they weren't willing to compromise, to experience each other, they would headbutt and just disagree with each other all the time on things. But when you compromise, you actually get to experience more. You get to see different perspectives. You get, to, you get to participate with a God who gets to set us free. Let's look at the, like the next slide real quick. When we look at what the point of these gifts are, it's to raise us up. To, that we may be built up until we all reach unity in faith. And then the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See, we can take so many lessons. Go ahead, next slide. We can take so many lessons from this. Like, we are getting the beauty of being beautiful threads. All different. Some of them, I'm a little bit more rugged, you know? I'm like that flannel shirt that, like, itches when you don't put on another shirt underneath. So it's like, I mean, you see my hair. So it's like, think about that being my thread. But then there's fine threads in here, and there's beautiful threads. Well, in this, we find five lessons of how and why we've been given this unity. Go ahead and go to the next one. The first one is, we are different, yet everyone is needed. Let's go to the next verse. I know I'm saying it a lot, but in it we see, from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. So, Ligaments, we have flesh. Go ahead and go to the next slide. We have so many different portions of us. We see that in this verse right here, 1 Corinthians 12, that it talks about the foot and the eye. And it says, well, if you know what? If, if I'm the foot and I'm not as useful as the eye, I probably don't deserve to be part of this body. But what we see continually, especially in Paul's writings, is that we are the body of Christ, and he is our head, right? So in that place, he is what unifies us, the head unifies us. 
And that body has different functions in it. And just if we were missing that portion of the body, we would be in a disability. So we see that, first of all, there is different functions that we all have. And that we need every single person, no matter how different, no matter how much they might think differently, some of us walk it out. Some of us are going to feel it out. Some of us have great vision and discernment. But we're all needed. And that's actually the manifestation of God. Go ahead and go to the next one. See, but what about for those people, you know, who are a little bit extra? What if they take a little bit too much? What if I think I'm better than them? Well, I mean, for you, you should read this verse. It says, And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. See, we're really quick to not participate with what we think is different, with what we think is less than, with what we judge. But the truth is, the secret of today is you need them. And they just might need you. And that is actually the experience of God through this. Is, is that we start co-pollinating through this. We, we start embracing something that's different. And when we judge something that has less than or whatever, the truth is, is that we see the opposite too, right? We see the opposite where people are like, that person is a rock star. They're the best person ever. There's a real cool place to celebrate people, but our Jesus is even more, you know? And the truth is, is that in both ways, we're part of the same body, which guess what? means that we all have the same exact possibility to be unified in the same ways and experience the same God. There ain't nothing special about nobody in here and their relationship with God, because the beautiful part is, guess what? It was a grace that He chose to allot to us. It was a love He chose to pour out to us, and we all get to experience it. We all have that possibility. Even the reason why we're going to have a testimony every time we meet is because I want to prove the point that all of us have a God who wants to be known. I want that to be the heartbeat, is we're a family that wants to know God and make God known. So, let's go to the next one. The second is, this gift comes from complete truth and unselfish love. What do I mean by that? I think this is a, a place that could get weird for some people because of the language. But complete truth is not your subjective cultural truth. Right? Going back to those unity places. Is it cultural to say there's one God? No. Is it cultural to say that there's one baptism? No. One faith? No. But where it becomes cultural is when we start talking about the way God manifests himself. When we talk about what's right in the way we dress. Or what sounds right, the language we use. I'm not talking about cussing, I'm just talking about, I talk a lot different than people in this room probably. 
But the thing is, is that these are cultural differences of what truth is. That is because of our walk, that's because of who we are. Like, think about extroverts versus introverts. Have you ever been in a room with an introvert and they're only surrounded by extroverts? They hide. They're like, if I stay still enough, they will not see me. But the thing is, is that in reality, an extrovert would be like, what's wrong with you? And on the opposite side, introvert's like, what's wrong with you? But the reality is, is that there is, there's a truth that we find in Scripture. There's a truth that we find in God. But it's only illuminated when we have more than one perspective. The truth is, is that when we have more, doesn't it say that the, there's wisdom in the multitude of counsel? It's because we get caught in our perspective. So complete truth is a unified truth. Meaning that there's more likeliness that me by myself, I'm going to have blind spots. I'm going to have cultural norms. I'm going to have all sorts of things. I'm going to have American acceptances. Guess what? American standards aren't purely Christian standards. Oops. But, you know, the truth is that God's going to challenge us. And the thing is, is a lot of time, what I've found is not that God just, God will challenge you with his words. Prophetic words. That's what I'd like to say. I believe God speaks. And he will challenge you. But you know who I find is the biggest challenge? Is when somebody comes into your life who does not agree with you. If they're different than you, they walk different than you, they talk different than you, they think different than you. The truth is, is that we're taught in our culture today, guess what I can do? Deuces, I'm out of here, I've got to deal with you. But if we are united by one king, does your cultural differences matter? I didn't see that on the list. I I didn't see on the list that the, the, that we can say, well, that person doesn't wear the right jeans. Or they don't have the right hair. I'm not talking about me. <laughs> or that person is a hot mess. No. What, what actually happens is you get that person who's so dramatically different than you. You lock arms with them. You say, I'm not letting go until we get to the end. And guess what happens? You change in the process. Your perspective changes. Their perspective changes. So then you start participating with an ultimate truth. See, like, I, I can't ever remember who said it. John probably does. He knows everything. But the thing is, is that there was this, there was a, a quote that said, we were created with vats so somebody else could watch them. See, we don't have a perspective of something we can't see. And a truth, the complete truth, is when we allow other people to see things that we don't see and we learn from it. So, then the second part is unselfish love. How many of us have been challenged by a Bible verse that talks about unselfish love? I would say that those Bible verses are sometimes the most hard for me <laughs> when I'm talking about conflict with another person. You know, we read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 
And that's the one that says all these beautiful things about love. And we're like, oh, that's so wonderful. How many of us have heard that spoken at a wedding? Yeah. How much do you think those people are saying, bless God, when they're on the third year of their marriage or second year of their marriage, and it just gets real? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's no longer peaches and cream. It's no longer sunshiny. It's the conflict hit. And you're, you're no longer acting like 1 Corinthians 13. You need to be taken into remembrance, 1 Corinthians 13. One of my beliefs is, is that marriage is not about happy endings. It's about holiness. Because I've learned more about what's wrong with me in being married <laughs> than being single. <laughs> so the truth is, is that like we see that we read verses like, chap- uh, like chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians and we go, that is a great thing. We can even start putting ideas up here where we have these ideas of truth and we have these ideas of love. But really, they don't come into fruition until you bring other people into it. So what God has done is he's given us a gift. This is, do you really believe that truth? Do you love unselfishly? Or have you tricked yourself? And you can't really tell that until you lock arms with somebody you don't like. Or you lock arms with somebody you don't agree with. Or somebody who's just different than you. Because I'll tell you, the people who are sitting in that row three back right there, I've never met three more different people than me, than those three people. And Tim. Tim is another very different than me. But the truth is, is the God that they carry and the integrity, when we unify around the things that that Ephesians says, all of a sudden you start seeing beautiful things. You start being able to experience wonderful things. It's like, what if we just ate meals that only have the same ingredients? I'm only going to eat tomatoes today. You think that would be delicious? I'm going to eat bananas for a week. I think that my body would go into chaos. Go ahead and go to the next point. The third gift that we see is in all our parts. My brother Lee here. My sister over there. All the different people scattered in the room, you guys online, which I'm Facebook Live and everybody, so I found a way. It's been a struggle of a week. But anyways, all of our parts is actually where the image of Christ is to the world. It's not me as an individual. If I'm saying, trust this God that I serve by looking at me, guess what they're really seeing? Just me. The world don't need me. They need me being faithful to God. They need us. They need all of us. Because whether we like it or not, the world says what's consistent when I walk in this place. They say, what's the continued testimony? Don't, I mean, there's a real impact that I can have as an individual. But when they come in here, when they go, what changes their mind about our Jesus it's not what one individual stands for, but what us collectively stand for. See, I walk differently. I talk differently. But I'm talking with this person, and the way he talks about his love for Jesus and what he's willing to sacrifice, all right, that, that's cool. He's about it, about it. But when I walk over to this guy, start talking to Tim, 
He's like, he's different. He's, he's a very nice guy. But he says that he's willing to sacrifice for Jesus. And that he's walking it out. And he's about about it. Then we go over to Lee. And Lee's like, he's fasted. I would fast that. And he's about about it. Then we see all of a sudden, it starts being a testimony about people. Which then, automatically, when we start going, okay, this is that people, right? This is who we're talking about. Then it can't help but testify to God. And as we participate with that, as we participate with locking arms, we ought to participate with this greater truth, right? This unselfish love. We participate with the testimony of Christ. Go to the next point. We can't help but mature. What do I mean by that? We see in, in the, uh, Ephesians 4.13-14, through 14, it says... That we will no longer be, let's see, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. The truth is, is that by me locking arms with you guys, walking with you guys, or just even seeing those things, I've matured not in my heart yet. I actually mature in the way of what I expect, what I know. I'm going to learn a lot quicker here than I'm going to learn here. The truth is, is we start here. Salvation is here. It's not here. Our heart, our will, our desire is an experience where God has chosen to impact us, and we choose to respond by what we feel. We don't even understand what's happening, right? The Israelites, God says, I'm saving you. They're like, okay. They get led. They're like, this brother's trying to kill us. And then they, they were led into the place, and then they were taught how to think. Then they were taught how to walk that out. Then they were given a way to stay free. And then they have to turn it back and go back to remembering the love of their heart. And that's how we have to stay in this function, is God will bring us into an experience we then get impacted and we mature because we start gaining expectation and then he brings us back into the experience so that we continue in this function of growth. So we're not just growing up here, but we're growing and transforming in our hearts, our wills, our desires. So, in this, if I were to sit with Walt and watch Walt how he loves, how he does business, how he does everything, there would be so many things about him that I don't do. Because it's beautiful. He's awesome. If I were to be like Ruby, I know she probably doesn't like that I'm putting on blast right now. One of the most, I told her this, like, it testifies to me, and it sounds so funny. She wipes the kitchen floor up there. And she doesn't mop it, she wipes it with her. And I'm just like, there is such, that service is ridiculous. That's awesome. You know what I mean? I'm like, I wish I would get down on my knees and clean like that. And she's like, you can't. <laughs> like you're right, but I'm wrong. <laughs> and so, like in that, we look at these different lessons. And what I see is an expectation, an expectation of what I learn about what it looks like to walk out God. What is it? As I hear them speak about Scripture, as I hear what's important to them, you see what we can learn from other people. Just because you learn it, does it mean you walk it out? No. 
So go to the last point, which is a gift for growth. So what happens is, we see throughout this whole thing, I'm not gonna, we can probably go to the next slide too, is, is that we see that throughout the whole scripture, throughout this whole chapter, throughout Ephesians, how it talks so much about growth and being built, built up, but it, it does it all through a place of unity. It does it as a presentation of a gift through people. And ultimately what it's, it, it does is if we're talking about we gain a truth that we don't see, right? We get a completed, more completed view of what we don't see. We also recognize and we get to practice love. We get to participate with a testimony that's more than us, right? You do that, then you all of a sudden, you start maturing and knowing what the expectation is and what you didn't know. Well, guess what you also get challenged by as you learn what you don't know and you're honest. Your will gets challenged. You're like, even going back to the people that are a little harder, God's like, love them. Care for them. Get close to them. Oh, I don't want that. It's like somebody hurt your feelings. Go tell them they hurt your feelings. Oh, I don't need to do that. I'll just stay far away. It's like we look at, then we go and we see our thoughts. It's like this person's talking to us and they're struggling and they need Jesus. And in our thoughts, we're thinking, brother, your breath is so hot. <laughs> you need to get up out of face with that. It's like the truth is, is we see really quickly when we get tied in with people we disagree with who are different than us, who did have different struggles and have different strengths than us, really quickly it starts revealing where we're not holy. It reveals where we're actually unholy. It, it shows actually what's broken in our character rather than what's beautiful about our character inside. And so God's given us that gift, ultimately, to make us like Jesus, to grow up and be beautiful like Jesus. Ultimately, he's come and poured out this grace to free us from captivity, to free us from what holds us, to free us from where we choose sin, to be unified with him, to be in relationship with him. But guess what? He does it through people. Because if we didn't need that, we would still be our own gods. So I, I, I just, when you look at John 17, right? Y'all know John 17? John 17, Jesus is praying to God. And we see that, like he says, a lot of other stuff too, but when he reads this part, you see, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, I am you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I am them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me 
then even as you loved me. The, the worship team can come up. Um, I think in this prayer we get to fulfill it even as the image of God gets to impact us. I always feel funny saying the church is the image of God because it can be traded, like shifted this idolatry or these different ideas that the world has. But the beauty of it is, is actually as I'm willing to submit, the reason why I'm the image of God and you're the image of God together as we're walking out towards Jesus, towards the world, is because we're willing to submit and sacrifice and walk out and show the same submission that Jesus did on the cross. I'm willing to let go of my right. I'm willing to let go so I can learn, grow, and ultimately honor my God. And he's given that so ultimately that first I can learn what love is, but also we can show that we have been loved. To recap everything, make it really quick. This gift he has given us by grace to set us free in him is not just through him, it's through others. See, you need others who are like you, but even more, you need those who are different than you. It's really easy for us to say they need something, but the truth is, is the person who's in the deficit is us. We are given so many perspectives that honestly, as we accept those who are different than us, and we're able to see God, it matures us. And it teaches us truth. It teaches us love. And it challenges our standards. But as we participate with God and his beautiful tapestry and these different functions and these different struggles and these different conflicts and we say, I am in it for you, God. Ultimately, your character grows. And that, my friends, is a gift that grows you. See, really to move towards a closing is just that this is not an easy place. See, like the gifts that matter the most, like my children, the gifts that matter the most in this life cost. And that means that sometimes I have to give something up. But I have to have faith that it was worth something. I have to have faith that this is, this is going somewhere. I have to have hope and faith that my God gave that to me because he knew that I would be the one to steward it. I pray that you guys, even as we're going to close in a second, I'll be praying that our body, that we would be excellent at taking faith. Taking faith when we don't understand why we're so different. Taking faith when we're in the middle of conflict and not just behind people's backs and talking to them. Having faith that our God has placed us here to be something different. And ultimately that that faith would flower to love. A commitment of love. That our God committed to us. And we get to participate with that same commitment. I love you guys. Lord Jesus, just thank you. Thank you that you, you and all of your, your beauty and your glory could do anything. You literally make nature cry out. You created everything. You hold all together. There are so many things, even when looking at Job and that in place where you're rebuking Job, 
there's so many things that he's like, really the proof of that rebuke is, is that even in what we understand, we don't understand anything. You showed him that he had no perspective of what even those things he doesn't think about are. Lord, I pray right now, even as we are here, as this message sets in, the biggest message people hear is first, our God is great. He's good enough. And that you deserve all praise. But the second message, Lord, there shouldn't be anyone, no matter how they feel, that doesn't know that they're needed. They're wanted. And they're loved. And there's something for all of us to grow from them and having them here for. And the third message, Lord, is that I pray that you give us the faith to participate. The things that scare us. The things that are hard for us. Because love's not easy. And nothing easy is as beautiful and wonderful as the things that take commitment through the hard times. Thank you, God. In the name of prayer. Amen.